Hello, and welcome to Judge a Book by Its Cover, temporarily known as Judge a Film by Its Poster, a Little City Library podcast. I'm Bellette. And I'm Pete. We're librarians at the Mary Riley Stiles Public Library in the city of Falls Church, and this is now our film review podcast, where we attempt to predict what a film is about based on the movie poster. Today's film is Lavender Hill Mob, directed by Charles Crichton. We posted a photo of the poster on our Instagram page, at Little City Library, for you to check out so you can judge right along with us. This film is available via Canopy, our streaming service at the library. You can log in with your library card and you get five free films a month. So Pete, based on today's poster, what do you think the film is about? It's a cartoon drawing of a Bobby, a British police officer with a dog chasing three crooks across the poster with the London skyline in the background. I guess I should say the 1951 London skyline. A little bit different. The first in the line of crooks carries what looks like a painting under his arm, while the last holds a suitcase that is popped open. Bills and what look like Eiffel Tower replicas are flying out. Uh, Two little girls follow behind the policeman, one having caught an Eiffel Tower. As befitting the name, the whole picture is tinted lavender. And so this made me guess that this is a wacky caper movie a la It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. This one taking place in London, obviously. The Eiffel Towers indicate to me that maybe the crooks are mistaken about the actual value of what they have stolen. The name Lavender Hill Mob calls into question the ruthlessness of the criminals, as do the little girls chasing after the policemen. Perhaps these gentlemen thieves were caught red-handed by these girls who alerted the police and or will aid in their capture. All right. I didn't go quite as maybe dark as you did. I saw it more lighthearted, but, and I actually, instead of lavender, I saw it as like shades of blue. And I kind of thought the shades of blue were oddly soothing, despite the chaos in the image of these people being chased. And I also noted the navy blue silhouette of London in the background. The foreground has this group of people running in single file across a hilltop, all in a flutter. The first three are being chased with what I assume are stolen items as the police, the police dog run behind them. And then it looks like a couple of children are coming along behind. I had no idea how children fit into this, so I decided they were a red herring. I think that this is a British comedy full of classic British dry humor, another comedy of errors, but maybe I'm being a little too influenced by our last film, Playtime. But I think we are dealing with some oddly capable bumbling thieves out to make their mark. So what is it actually about? Well, Henry Holland, played by Alec Guinness, is an accountant working for a bank tasked with transporting ingots of gold from a foundry to the bank's vault. And he's kind of dissatisfied with his humdrum life. He perchances to meet a man named Alfred Pendlebury, played by Stanley Holloway, who is moving into the hotel that he lives in. Holland discovers that Pendlebury runs a store that sells tourist tchotchkes at home and abroad in Paris. Holland learns that Pendlebury mints the miniature replicas of the Eiffel Tower with a foundry in his store. He devises the idea of melting the gold into the Eiffel Tower shapes and smuggling them abroad. Holland and Pendlebury cleverly enlist the aid of some more seasoned criminals and the caper begins in earnest. Problems and hilarity ensue when Pendlebury's Parisian contact at the Eiffel Tower unwittingly sells some of the Golden Towers to a group of English schoolgirls. What follows is a fun and ridiculous chase. Fun and ridiculous is right. So the couple of the main characters, which you've already mentioned, we've got Holland, who has been playing the straight man his whole life, but he's been dreaming about being a millionaire. And he talks in the beginning about how most men stop dreaming about being millionaires. They realize they'll never make it, but he knew he would. And he's just been going to his job day in, day out, biding his time until he meets Pendlebury and is able to put together this last piece to this plan to become rich and live the lifestyle he's been waiting for. And then we've also got Lackerty Wood, Sawdust Steve, the Wadsworth boy, that's all one name, as well as Shorty Fisher, both of which are professional criminals. 
One of the scenes I just thought was ridiculous, but I kind of loved, is where Holland and Pendleberry decide we need to get some professional criminals into this gang. So they go out into the street and start yelling about a safe, you know, and like, oh, I need someone to come fix it. And the others, oh yeah, sure. We'll get somebody out there tomorrow, but it's in danger tonight. Anyone could steal it tonight. And that that works and they get these professional criminals in, these two trustworthy professional criminals. Yeah, I think the film is part of that genre of film of criminals who don't know what they're doing, who don't have much practice uh, in the criminal arts and are trying to like figure out how to be criminals. It's pretty funny. I, I really enjoyed Alec Guinness, the main character. His eyes are just so fun to watch, you know, like as he looks at a pile of gold bars, going into the shop and seeing the little foundry that mints the Eiffel Towers and him putting two and two together. And it's just so fun to see the delight and mischief on his face. Yeah, I agree. He did a wonderful job. And there were a lot of great scenes where he conveyed a lot through his looks or even just his physical actions. It's a comedy, definitely, and definitely lighthearted in a lot of ways. I didn't find it to be laugh out loud, but I was definitely smiling through good chunks of it. Yeah, there were a couple scenes during the chase, one of which when they're sort of sprinting down a spiral staircase in the middle of the Eiffel Tower, and they just start laughing. And it's just kind of like the joy of doing something transgressive. At that point, they're not really close to attaining their goal, but Alec Guinness and Stanley Holloway's characters just start laughing as they spin around and around. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's like they know it's ridiculous and it's just fun, which I think is contagious as a viewer. I agree. This is actually an Ealing comedy, and I looked up what that meant. Apparently, Ealing Studios is best known for a series of comedies that deal with exploits of unconventional anti-bureaucratic individuals in realistic settings post World War II. Hmm. And Alec Guinness is actually in a couple of them, yeah. Yeah. But I did. I enjoyed the comedy for what it was. Definitely closer to the dry British sense of comedy, which I enjoy. Yeah, it's like a, as you mentioned, a dry, intellectual, witty brand of humor. The Stanley Holloway character has some good lines. He's kind of a aspiring artist or maybe thespian and he you know makes these chashkis or as he puts it i propagate british cultural depravity yeah, <laughs> i enjoyed that i did too and there's a lot of lines like that and quotes from shakespeare or other great works of british literature to describe things that are going on in their caper. Patience is a virtue. Yeah. Which is very true for Holland, who spent 20 years working the same job, waiting patiently for the one piece he needed to get this gold out of the country. Yes. And it's kind of ironic because he's always been looked over by his manager, who says that he lacks creativity. And here he is planning this brilliant caper. So this film is in black and white. It came out in 1951. In terms of cinematography, we think a lot, I think, about color balance in especially modern films where you have bright colors and contrasting colors that really grab your eye, and that can be very beautiful. But in black and white films, there is a lot about color balance as well, but it's on this gray scale. This film is actually quite pretty in the way it balances those grays, which they I think they probably had to think about ahead of time, perhaps more so than today's films where they're in color. That's a good point. And I enjoyed, I guess you could say, the dynamic range of the gray scale. You know, the, the Thames is like dark black, almost very dark 
dark gray and the sky is very light colored and you've got a lot of subtle hues in between. Another thing I enjoyed about the cinematography, and this is kind of applies to just watching old movies in general, but this movie having some sort of action scenes, the car chase at the end, and then I mentioned the running down the spiral staircase of the Eiffel Tower. The special effects are very feeble by today's standards where we have CGI and everything, but in some ways they almost seem more creative because you can almost see the hand of whoever was in charge of making that little tiny hat float from the top of the Eiffel Tower to the bottom, and it's kind of charming. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. I agree because so often directors say, well, we can do this with CGI versus problem solving in a different way, which I think we do see in a few different places in this film. And it's kind of enchanting. Yeah, I agree. And I I did really like the ending. There's like a little beautiful moment just before the credits hit. Yeah, the very beginning and the very ending tie a bow on the film. So who do you think got close, repeat? I think we both were pretty close. Yeah. It's pretty clear that it's a caper. Mm-hmm. One thing that I was interested in your poster judgment was that you are claiming that this is not actually a lavender color yeah. and that it's more of a blue color. I and I'm actually not sure what lavender is. It's more purple, isn't it? A little bit more purple, yeah. So yeah, I guess you have to get points for that because I said it was lavender. And it's I get exactly. points for color identification this week. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first color identification awarded points of our podcast. <laughs> but otherwise, it was it was a pretty close tie because it's pretty clearly a wacky caper movie. Yeah, I think the poster in this case gives you a really good representation of what this film is. I think this is almost definitely a more modernized poster. I don't think this is the poster that the movie came out with in 1951. Yeah, that's a good point. We get the posters from the Canopy website, except for last week when I... Went off script. (laughs) Yeah. So, Bullet, would you recommend this movie? I would recommend this movie. It's another classic type film, I think a little more approachable for modern film audiences than Playtime, but it's still probably not as consumable to your major modern audiences. You know, it'd be kind of cool is if they made a modern remake of this, I'd be down for that. I know how many people feel about modern remakes, but I think with this script, which is really fun, if you got the right characters in it, it could be a really great modern adaptation. Yeah, I think that's true. I I really enjoyed this movie and I would recommend it actually to abroad, even people who don't really like old movies. You know, it's got Alec Guinness, who you can, you know, still recognize as Obi-Wan Kenobi if you haven't seen him in anything else. Much to his chagrin. (laughs) He's he's just a great actor and he plays that button down guy. You know, there's one scene where he's the sweet guy, like he lives at this hotel and in the beginning he's reading this like seedy crime novel to this older (laughs) woman who is like an aficionado of these kinds of things and it's just really cute it's unassuming and it's not too long it's just fun harmless so much of what we consume today is you know in terms of entertainment is very dire with a lot of sturm und drang and this it's just pure fun and it's very light touch yeah it was an enjoyable time a good watch Before we tune out, we want to give special thanks to the band Zombie Zombie for giving us permission to use their song, Psychic Harmonia 2, in our intro and outro. You'll hear that catchy tune in just a moment, but for now, thanks for joining us for Judge a Film by its Poster, a Little City Library podcast. I'm Pete. And I'm Bullet. Don't forget to join us next month. And for what it's worth, you have our permission to keep on judging.